Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of pink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, the ESW, Jay, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Daddy J, Fabe, Embers, William P, Lady, Claire, Savage Heart, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, Gardner, Daddy Longlegs, Cassie, Primal Empress, Kays, Clockwork, Baby Girl, and Harley Gentleman. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. When it says Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, 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 you will like it, like it, like it on your table, table, table. Okay. I just, every time I, we talk about this topic, this is what comes to my mind. Uh, I know, but I didn't think you were actually starting the episode like that. I wanted to start it on a, on a good note. Oh, okay. So singing, we're doing singing for every episode from now on? Uh, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Well, until we come up with something else. Does anybody actually mind that? Because I think we sound pretty I cute. Know. What I want to know is how many people recognize that. Oh, I sure as hell didn't. I don't I even know. know what you're talking... What is... Like, we- Libby's like the... Like the food brand? Yes. Like the pumpkin? Yes. I feed that to my dog. Okay. So now it's dog food? Yeah. It's pureed pumpkin. I give I give that to well, my dog. You know, that's how I feel about pumpkin. It's pumpkin season, and I just can I just say before we even start anything, I'm going to label myself as anti Pump- anti pumpkin spice latte. Girl, the one thing we agree on. High five. Yes. yes. Because I'm sorry to everybody who's like a pumpkin spice whatever. I can't stand it. I'm over. I, it. I can't. I'm. I was never in it. I just. I've never been able to handle that smell. I just, or taste, whatever. I don't like it. Okay. Well, as long as we've started being controversial from the beginning. Oh, let's well, con- like when did we ever stop? Let's continue this controversy and talk about labels in BDSM. Is it going to be Lib- Libby's labels in BDSM? I, it could be whatever label you want. Okay. So on to labels. This is like one of the biggest things that people get all heated about. Yeah, because every label has about 25 different meanings, depending oh, upon who you talk to. You can interpret it based on whatever. It's, um, oh God, am I, I'm going to say the most controversial thing I've ever said in my entire you life. You mean more so than anti-pumpkin spice latte? Yeah. Okay. I think, um, I think I might delete this one. Oh no. It's like, it, it's like the Bible. You can interpret it like a thousand different ways. That could be controversial. Yeah. But we're kingsters, so we're sort of, you know. Yeah. All right. Or the Constitution, apparently. There we go. Well, of the United States, because we do have listeners in other areas of the world. Well, Thank yeah. You. So there's 89 other countries that listen to us right now. So other I don't know. than just the United States. So I don't know anything about their constitutions, but I do know the U.S. Constitution is apparently very interpretive. Like a dance. Oh, are we going to start doing interpretive dance now? If it has to do with labels? Like, okay, so give, what would your interpretive dance be for like the label of dominant? Because for me, it's just slamming your hand into a table a bunch of times. The middle finger? <laughs> That's just being an asshole. Well, no, I, because to me, that goes both sides. Because when my, when I would, when I'm the submissive and my dominant gives me a rule that they know, well, I should say, when my dominant gives me a task that obviously I've agreed to because it's part of the negotiations, but I still hate the task. They're giving me the middle finger. You have to do it anyway. You've agreed to it. This is part of our dynamic. And as a submissive, when they give me that task, I give them the middle finger back. So, so yeah. So, so maybe, to me, middle maybe, finger is just. So that's that's not the interpretive dance of Dom. That's the interpretive dance of DS. Perhaps. Well, for me, because I'm a switch. <laughs> yeah. So. I, so I, you get to give the middle finger to everybody. Pretty much. And you're also bi. So you get to give the middle finger to more than everybody. Well, just everybody. I don't call myself bi. I call myself heteroflexible. But oh, that's, that's true. But that's good. because That's, that's another a label. label. 
Ding, 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 ding. I think there are so many different labels that we give ourselves. And that's another thing I'm kind of over that we all have to fit in this little box of these labels that we give ourselves or that we let other people give us. Exactly. All right. So let's talk. What do we even mean by a label? It's a little sticker that you put on your forehead that has all of the information. Okay. You know, like you you wash this in cold water and... Those are instructions. But it's on a label. That's true. But in this case, what we mean by (laughs) label, it's a descriptive term used to describe us or other people. And it usually has judgment associated with it. When you hear a label... You make assumptions about a person mm-hmm. based upon that label. And the problem with that is when I say something, it means something to me. It may mean something entirely different to you. So any assumptions you make are based upon your personal perception, which may be radically different yeah, all from of, my personal perception. All of your experiences are going to color that perception. And even if it's the same word, you may use it differently. Now, look, there is definitely positive things to labels. They help us understand. They help us identify they're a common language. We use them as handy tools for self-discovery and education. So, for instance, if I self-identify and I label myself as a submissive, that helps me determine, let's say, what books I want to read, what websites I want to explore, what classes I want to attend. It So it, it's not that you can take your label and just throw it away. It's a starting point. But I don't think it needs to like take over your entire belief system of BDSM either. It doesn't need to be the structure of your entire experience. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to. You're not stuck in whatever label you decide, nor are you stuck in the parameters of that label that somebody else has set. Right. You can be a little more fluid about it. It's the whole thing about this lifestyle. Fluidity. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Yeah. Flu- that's yeah. Right. That's, a, okay. that's a word. It sounded weird because I haven't had enough coffee yet. So, Well, you have a huge amount of coffee sitting there. Well, so it says right here, mama, mama needs some coffee. Well, why don't you drink that coffee and then you'll actually like know how to speak I'll words. caffeinated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost done with my coffee and I'm still going to trip over words. It happens. That's why I'm the sound editor. Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) Humans have this innate desire to put labels on everything. It just, it helps us. It gives us a sense of order and it's a way of distinguishing things. It also helps us know, I don't want to say necessarily how to treat somebody because again, it comes back to perception, but it gives you a starting point. Yeah. So if you identify, if somebody says, hi, identify as a submissive. The questions that I ask them are going to be different than questions if they identified as a dominant, because it just, it gives me a starting place to have a conversation. And we label others all the time. It helps us to compartmentalize situations and behaviors, and it also helps us identify ourselves. So if you identify as a dominant, and you do, I do. And I see certain behaviors that you're displaying. If I don't have those same behaviors, that helps me understand I'm not a dominant. Right. I mean, in my case, I'm a switch, but I'm just, I'm just talking. Well, yeah. And I, I sort of identify as a, as a dom leaning switch. So that makes it even more interesting to announce that as my label per se. While I am a submissive leaning switch. Right. So, I mean, and that could be very confusing because why don't we just say I'm a switch? Why are we that specific? Why? Why? Are we- because, okay, I'll tell you mine. Thank you. I am, because I only submit to one person and I'm, so to me, that makes me a switch because I am capable of submitting to a person. I have very selective choices on who I submit to. Currently, I'm submitting to one person. I know one or two people that I that I will submit to. Like, I have the capability of doing that. To everybody else, no. And I make damn sure everyone knows that. Yeah, if you've met her, you damn well know this. You know this. Like, I'm kind of aggressive about my stance of I'm not going to submit to anybody unless you're this specific person. That makes sense. And now I label myself as a submissive leaning switch for entirely different reasons. See, this is what's so cool about all this. It's not that I submit to most people. The reality is I submit to very few. I am such a dominant person and such a dominant personality 
that there are very few people who I feel comfortable submitting to. However, that being said, I get more satisfaction and more contentment from submitting because of the fact that I'm so damn dominant all the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. The ability to not be and to relax and have somebody else take charge is just so much more appealing to me. You can breathe when you do that. That's exactly why I have one person who I submit to and I submit to, it's a 24-7, I am his sub. It's just, it takes the pressure off of you. Yes. And it just, so that's really for me, even though I submit to so very few people. And if you watch for those who meet me in person, and hopefully you will at either a munch or at KinkyCon, you will see I'm very dominant personality type. So you might think that I dom all the time, but it's just really, I can, I'm fucking good at it. (laughs) I just don't enjoy it as much. I actually have a fun story about that. I was in a meeting. I just walked into this meeting the other day at work and somebody, I don't know what I said, but every person in the room turned and looked at me and I did this like quirky little take a bow thing because every person was looking at me and somebody said something about, man, you just walk in and everybody knows you're there. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much all the time. That's my life. I walk into a room and people know I am there. Same. Yeah. But on the other hand, I don't exactly, I don't enjoy that as much as Rara. If I'm on, it's almost like I'm performing. I don't actually enjoy it as much as Rara. I like it, don't get me wrong, but it's almost like I have to turn it on. Rara is just on all the time. I'm just on all the time. Exactly. So the ability to have those pockets where I can be off. Mm-hmm. Though honestly, even, I'm never off. I mean, no. that's just real. Even when I'm submitting, I'm not off, but that's a whole nother story. But labels can also give people a false sense of order. And a way to separate things. And so there might be people who say, well, because I identify as a submissive leaning switch and you identify as a dominant leaning switch, we shouldn't hang out together. We don't have things in common. And that's crap. Uh, Well, we have said many, many times on this podcast, it is recorded, that we disagree on just about everything. Oh, my God. If you listen to our last uh, one of our previous episodes, you know, even our taste in men. Yeah. Are radically different. Yeah, very. But it's like, but I think that's one of the things that makes us such good friends because we love debating each other on this stuff and arguing about it. It's just super fun. Well, and, but we respect the differences. Yeah. It's not like I think any less of you because these are the things you like and I like totally different things. I don't know. I kind of think less of you for the only thing you like about Chris Evans is his ass. Not true. His face is gorgeous. I want to run my fingers through his hair. And even his politics are spot on. <laughs> so many things about Chris Evans I like. And the chest. Oh, you know how I feel about yes. a good set of chest muscles and pecs and biceps. I'm sorry. Right, I need back. a minute. Come back, Rara. I need a minute. Come back. Okay. Continue. This is, this is like if I started talking about Jason Momoa's hair, I would probably have the same reaction. Yeah. And you know who else is on my list for like the most gorgeous hair right now? Who? Henry Cavill when he's playing The Witcher. Oh, see, and I like him when his hair is short. I don't. I as Superman, I couldn't take it. I was like, eh, that's oh. boring. Man, you dirty that man up a little bit. I'm like, yes, let's go. Come on. See, I'm all about a gentleman in the streets and a beast in the sheets. Just give me the beast. Just give me the beast. <laughs> so it's beauty and the beast. Yeah. Okay. I think I actually did like that as a kid, too. I might have connected with that on a level that was probably not appropriate. But... All right. Back to labels. Okay. We, we've gotten off. You know... We you do start that, talking, though. Because you start talking about Chris Evans, and I, I went to my happy place. You know what? I take full responsibility for that one, then. Okay. So, then get us back on track. Okay. So, labels. Yes. That's what we're talking about. That's the whole subject. Yeah. That's what it... Not Chris you said, Evans. We you can do get a whole on episode on Chris Evans. Okay. If we did an episode on that, we would have to include a lot more stuff. So, wouldn't it be cool if Chris Evans listened to this? Do you think he's into kink? You know, I wouldn't be surprised because a lot of times it's those seriously clean cut people. Okay, I'm not doing my job today <laughs> as podcast dom. I should be fired. That job position is still open. Please, if you would like to apply, please message us at pinkkinkpodcast.com. <laughs> all right. So anyway. Labels. We love labeling stuff. We put them on all kinds of things. As Virgos, Rara and I really, really love label makers and chalkboard oh, markers. And, oh my God. Happy place. I spent an entire like two and a half hours organizing my kitchen pantry one time and I was like in heaven. But the point is, we are not things. 
people are not things that, you know, you put a label on it, it's only used for that one thing. So like for a pantry, I have labels on each of my jars that one says rice, one says different kind of rice, a, a mix. Flour. Flour. I have four different kinds of right. flour and in my God pantry. And God forbid you should stick rice in the bucket marked flour. Listen, lady, if somebody mixes up my almond flour with my regular flour and my coconut flour and my tapioca flour and my self-rising flour with my bleached flour, I'm going to throw a shit fit. Hard limit. Okay. Like we don't do that. However, with people. People are said not this, things. We said this before. Way more fluid than a jar of flour. Deep words to live by. Wait, we should make that a quote. People are more, <laughs> more fluid than, than a jar of flour. <laughs> Because, you know, that's a dry ingredient. So, of course, we're... Anyway. (laughs) Baking nerd came out. Baking humor. Is there such a thing? Baking humor? Probably. All right. It's just... So, what we're trying to say is that making it so that you are one label or even two labels and you're just constantly only in that box, it takes away from the depth and complexity that each of us have within us. It actually takes away from the notion that we are unique. So if I'm, if Rara and I both just walked up to somebody and said, hi, I'm a switch. Hi, I'm a switch. Oh, you're both switches. So you just, you're 50, 50, both of you, you do whatever. And we're like, uh, no. So we're pretty specific about that. But if, you know, that's why she says I'm a sub leaning switch and I say I'm a dom leaning switch. Cause it's like what? 80, 20 or whatever it is. We feel like that the day. day of the week. But yeah, but the problem is this, the labels, as much as we each have a right to be labeled and called whatever we want, you still have to be cautious with it because they're a slippery slope to affecting the perception we have of somebody. So if I meet somebody who says they're a switch, as Dara said, you might look at them and think they're 50-50. Mm-hmm. And as we've just proven here, not every switch is 50-50. The other thing too is there are people who switch within a relationship. Yep. So- Today with my partner, I'm a dom. Tomorrow, my par- I'm, I'm a submissive with my partner. Or even within a scene, people can switch. While at, for me as a switch, I don't switch within a relationship. My relationship with you is the same on day 30 as it is on day one. I'm uh-huh. either submissive to you or I'm dominant to you. There's no switching midpoint. I once had uh, a scene with all three of us were switches. We actually did like a threesome and literally all three of us were switches. And we had to come up with each one of us wanted the chance to be dominant and each one of us wanted the chance to be submissive to the other two. We came up with a rotation within the scene. The scene lasted for something like seven hours. I couldn't do that. We well, see. That was the thing. I am perfectly capable of switching midpoint and then going back to it. So I started as a dominant switched when we decided to switch and I I became submissive and then I went back to being dominant. My other friend said I can start, but I I need to finish as this. So that person was the the bottom first and then was dominant for the last two bits. And then the third person said, once I'm submissive, I can't return to dominant. So we decided that person needed to be submissive last. And he he was in a submissive headspace for like 24 hours after that. See, and here's something for me. So I have one partner that within the kink world, they're the top and I'm the bottom. But personally, in our friendship, outside the kink world, I'm the dominant one and they're the submissive one. I think I know who you're talking about. And what's crazy is they let me top them. And (laughs) it felt fucking awkward as hell it wasn't right yeah it was wrong because, because that's not because your our personal, relationship your personal dynamic is different than your kink dynamic so that's where the fluidity comes in so you may be a submissive in bdsm in bed and whatever it is that you want to do but you're not a submissive in your personal life oh talk about a bdsm myth about labels yeah that one right there oh that yeah if you are submissive within bdsm you are submissive in life. And that's, no. that's actually very few. Half the clients I've got, actually, I would say the majority of the clients I've got and most of the submissives I've ever had have had high powered, complicated jobs. And they want to submit to me because they're just, they're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done being high powered and complicated. I need to, re- I need to relax. And somebody who may be, you'll see somebody who's very submissive and meek and kind of like, eh, you know, whatever, kind of go with the flow. And then they're like, goddamn bitch on wheels dominant in when they're playing when they're doing a scene 
So like for me and my my dominant, we're equal in our relationship. I am submissive to him when it comes to BDSM, but I am dominant when we're having sex. See, folks, this is the problem with labels and the assumptions surrounding them because of what you've just described. So he is your daddy. Yes. You are his baby girl. You are the submissive. He is the dominant. And then you cross the do- the bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And it changes. And I take over. Not necessarily once we cross the bedroom door. It's more like, and I can't help it. Oh, I'm sure he's complaining. Oh, no. Not, he, he's not. so unhappy with that arrangement that's been going on forever. But like, yeah. I, I, it's like a, it literally is like a switch going off. I'll be playing around and I'll be cute little baby girl and be like, oh, princess, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, yeah. And I'll, I'll literally be in little mode. And then once we really get into it, I'm like, nope, it's mine. Switch. Boom. It's like a light going off and I just go into it. And he switches right back into, into, it's weird. Like looking at it from now, from like just going back in my head, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of weird how that happens, but it happens almost every single time. It's just, you know, look, I get the function of labels. And as somebody, as a Virgo who lives for organization (laughs) and I like to have a starting point, Labels are great for a starting point as long as you are keeping an open mind and understand that one, if you ask 10 kinksters what it means to be a switch, mm-hmm. you're going to get 10 different answers. So this is Rara admitting that she has plan A, B, C, D, Q, Delta, 1A.12. I have never denied that. <laughs> Do you want a label? Virgo OCD control freak. Right. So Rara, freely. So Rara identifies as a Virgo. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That is my label. I am a Virgo. While Dara here, who is supposedly a Virgo, I don't understand. You confuse me. I mean, I have the personality of a Gemini, though. That's confusing. Right? Well, I don't know Gemini that well. I just know Virgo because that's what I am. Dual I personality. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So where the hell did you get the Gemini from? I got nothing. Yeah. I don't know. But like, you know, like at my job, I always say this. It's funny. At my job, I'm a Hufflepuff because I have to or if I have to follow the rules and I will be sticking to those rules. I don't care what you say. I'm going to stick to those rules. But in real life, I'm a Slytherin. I am part Gryffindor, part Slytherin. So I'm a Huffle. No, wait, I'm a Slitherpuff. I, I, You're a Gryffin? I don't know. What's what is Slytherin Gryffindor? Slitherdor? <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't think that's that's not right slither door yeah but now i have to call you a slither door because i like slither puff that one's kind of cute but slither door is just it's not right that's a weird label yeah it, it's very weird label. i'm gonna make you a t-shirt that says hey i'm a slither door <laughs> we're gonna have like a half what is it a lion Yes, a lion and a snake. Isn't that some sort of weird chimera? Whatever. Okay. Harry Potter theory off the table. Keep going with labels. Okay. So we can't use labels to describe everything. But even the labels that we do use, it doesn't stop people from still trying to decide everything about us based upon our labels. Now, with that said, let's talk about some of the different labels that we have. Because in in different communities, you're going to have different labels. For example, TikTok. Oh, boy. I know I bring it up a lot. I may be a tad bit obsessed. It's Dara's fault. It's all okay. Yeah. I I mean, I just told you it was a good resource to get people. You gave an exhibitionist a platform where she can go and talk to the people and have the people interact with her all the time. And you did not think that perhaps I might become a bit obsessed with it? Better you than me. I sure as hell wasn't going to do it. But that's because I'm the exhibitionist. Yeah. And the one who likes social media. And I'm like, oh, God, social media. I mean, I do a live and I get almost, for lack of a better label, subspace from doing a live and interacting with all the people. Last live I did, I didn't mean to, but it ended up being three hours. So three hours of interacting with people. And here's the funky thing. I would die. Okay, here's the funky thing. You stare at your own face the entire fucking time. So for three hours, I'm pretty much just talking to myself. It's weird. So so you're labeling yourself right now exhibitionist. I I have labeled myself as an exhibitionist for a long time. 
We should do a thing. We should actually put up a graphic of our personal labels that we go with and and see cuz I don't know if graphic time, right? Yay! So here's more ideas Yay! that I give to Rara. I love how I come up with all these ideas and then I make her execute it cuz I'm like I don't wanna. And that's fine cuz I'm a control freak, so if I execute it it's done the way I like. Well, yeah, that's why I told you you were the graphics person from now on because you were being a bitch on a stick to me and, t- and no, can you do this can you move this you know, to the folks, right can you blah, 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 blah. i'm like jesus christ right. yourself she's right i own the label of bitch on a stick uh, is that kind of like jalapeno on a stick i've never had I, I i don't know you don't know jalapeno on a stick i know jeff dunham nope i gotta show that to you it's actually pretty funny okay okay all right anyway back to tiktok okay so the two big ones that I personally am, am like, I, I don't understand these labels at all. I have tried. I have asked people about this. I've had conversations with them about this. The term pleasure dom mm-hmm. and the term soft dom. Oh, yeah. Those are very widely used on TikTok, which is fascinating because I had never, ever heard them used in my local community. And other kinksters that I've spoken to have said the same, that in their local communities, these terms don't exist. So these labels don't is exist. Is this just a TikTok phenomenon? I don't know. Because I don't know what they are. I mean, like, okay, that's not true. I kind of know what they are in, like, the definition sense of them. Well, from what I can gather from my research, a pleasure dom tends to be very sexually based. And there's a lot of orgasms involved versus spankings and paddles and other but stuff what is, but masochists get pleasure from spankings and paddles and punching well i think that's the point and this is why labels are so confusing somebody else had made a post and i agreed with him vehemently he felt aren't all doms technically pleasure doms because they do what they do for the pleasure of the submissive yes i feel like that's accurate like I, like I said, if a masochist gets pleasure from being beat, wouldn't a sadist in that case be a pleasure dom? Thank you. Yes. I, or, I mean, at least how I understand these labels. Yes. In my case, I'm a little. I get pleasure from being treated like a little. So wouldn't my daddy dom who gets pleasure from treating me like that also be a pleasure dom? This is the problem with, with terms is because we all I, we all look at them so differently. I'm I'm just I'm really well, confused. Well, let's also look at the term soft dom. Oh, that I I, I don't I, know how bad I want to get into that because <laughs> well, to me the problem with it is when we refer to somebody as soft, we're usually not using it as a compliment. Yeah, it's like the connotation of that of the word soft itself is not good. It's negative. And it so, means to me it means somebody can walk all over you and do whatever they want. Exactly. But in their view the soft dom is somebody who, let's say, may not have a lot of rules. They may not be the type who's very strict. So I did hear somebody say that a soft dom is like, well, I consider myself a soft dom because, you know, I'm a daddy dom. And, you know, I'm like, okay, but can't daddy doms be sadistic? And for me, when I am the dom, I am sweet and kind and loving until you fuck up. (laughs) And then even then, I'm going to be very strict about making sure there's a consequence, making sure that you uh, there's follow through on what happened, but I'm not going to yell at you. I'm going to use my nice, very strict voice saying, you done fucked up. But you don't call yourself a soft dom just because you don't yell. And me personally, I don't think any dom should yell. Unless it's in pleasure. Well, Okay. So if it's it's part of the scene, sure, of course, yell. But I don't think somebody should ever yell at a sub because that's not going to help. Right. This week's episode is sponsored by an incredibly talented photographer, Jay Yee. Jay offers a wide variety of vanilla photo shoots such as headshots, conventions, weddings, family photos, dating profile photos, proposals, and more. Rara and I have known Jay for years. And when his clients are given permission, we've been able to see some of his photos. And wow, we are amazed at how he is able to capture a moment in time that shows the joy and beauty of the people in the photo. I remember seeing some maternity shots that he did, and the mother was glowing. I can only imagine how it will feel to look back on those photos years from now and remember the excitement she felt that was so clearly captured in the photos. But what's so cool about Jay 
is he is a kinkster himself, so he also offers amazing kink photos. He can do solo shoots, such as boudoir photos, or couple shoots, like a collaring ceremony. Maybe you want professional shots of your scenes, like rope suspension. If you have an idea, Jay can probably make it happen. He works throughout the Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. areas, but he's also willing to travel to some parts of West Virginia. You can reach out to Jay to discuss your photo needs either through his website at www.jyephoto.com. That's J-Y-I-P-H-O-T-O.com or even through FetLife. His handle is ISO800. And if you visit his website, which we will list in the show notes, you can see some of his beautiful work. So if you need someone to help you capture those once-in-a-lifetime moments, check out jyephoto.com. Okay, ready? Here's another label that I bet if you ask 10 different kinksters, you're going to get 10 different answers. So is this the one where we ask people to call in and do voicemails oh, and messages yes. and reply I, about I'm their s- personal definitions? You want to talk about controversy because this was a huge thing Okay, in social media for a while. Alpha sub. That what seems, is an alpha submissive? That seems contradictory. It does. I, I don't know. I, I don't actually. I can share with you some of the different definitions that I've heard for alpha submissive. Okay. Let me let me tell you what I think it means just by looking at the word. Okay. And then you tell me what the other ones are. So okay. game time. I think it means a person like you. You identify as mostly a submissive, but you walk around and you are, you know, the alpha of everybody in the room. Or it could mean that you are in a poly relationship with multiple subs and you are top dog. Both of those have been used. Oh, okay. Some people use it in, for lack of a better term, a poly harem situation where you have one dominant and you have multiple submissives. Right. And you have your top dog submissive. The one who's in charge of the other submissives. So the empress. They're the the alpha submissive. Now that does not mean that they dominate per se, because that, that's a whole different thing. That becomes then a switch. Mm. In this case, they're just, they're the ones who run the other submissives. So that's, I said, that's one definition. So if you look at it way, way, way back in like prehistoric times, it's like first wife versus second wife. It might be, but. Remember, it doesn't always have to be chronological order. That's the crazy thing. The hierarchy doesn't always have to be chronological. It doesn't have to be who came first. Sometimes it's a matter of personalities. So let's say wife number one just doesn't want to be in charge. It could be wife number two. Hmm. But the other definition you gave as somebody who is just in charge all the time. Yeah, so it, to that's, me, alpha sub kind of, it reminds that's me how of I you. Descri- that's how I describe my submissive side. I'm an alpha submissive. Okay. That's how I describe it. Some people, I have also heard the definition of an alpha submissive is a submissive who sort of keeps the doms in line. Okay, so how would that even work? Because wouldn't that make them the dom? This is the problem with labels. Not so much that they held, they keep the doms accountable. So if a like dom- Like a secretary? No. If, so if a dom fucks up and does the wrong thing, an alpha submissive would say, uh, hello, domly dom, you done domly, fucked up. Domly dom. <laughs> well, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Mr. Dom because as we well know, you don't have to be no. male identifying to be a dominant. No, but I, so I domly just, dom. It makes me want to go home and be like, hey, daddy, domly dom. Go ahead. You may steal that. I think that's Call funny. him a domly dom. But <laughs> now you made me lose my train of thought. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm envisioning you going up to Daddy J going, Daddy Domly Dom. I'm going to do it. Ooh. I'm going to do it today. And then you have to let me know how that went. Sure. And then we can let all the listeners and, know. It'll just be our secret. Yeah, right? no, he's just going to look at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he probably happens every time you come back from recording sessions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why that. he doesn't hang out with us during recording sessions because we would blow his mind. No, well, he and doesn't hang out with way. us during recording sessions because then we would hear him cracking up in the background and then that's more for me to delete. Okay, that's true. So it's all about you. Yeah. All right. Also, somebody's got to take care of the puppy. <laughs> See, that's why you need a cat. My cat's just somewhere sleeping. See, we don't even agree on pets. <laughs> Though her dog's really cute and I, I adore know. her and she's my god. She's my god dogged her. God dog. Yeah, I can't say it. I need more coffee. <laughs> Anyway, so (laughs) the tendency to label ourselves and others can blur the lines between truth and fiction. Because again, my truth is not your truth. So alpha submissive. I say the word I'm an alpha submissive. Somebody else 
might make now the assumption going, oh, so she's part of a group of submissives and she's a submissive in charge. Right. And that's not And I look at that and I'm like, okay, Rara is like usually the one controlling everybody else, even though she identifies as a submissive for the most part. But that's also because you know me. I'm talking about a stranger uh, walking off the streets and it's the first time we meet. And I say, hey, I identify, I label myself as an al- alpha submissive. Well, I hope you're talking about like in a BDSM club and not literally on the street because that would be awkward. Yeah, no, I don't walk up to just straight. Well, I would walk up to a stranger, but not, but in a, in a kink In the context setting. of the kink in a, setting. In a, in a munch, <laughs> in a kink event. Because yes, I do walk up to strangers and talk to them all the time. Yes. Hello, it's what I do. Yes. I literally am the person who will walk up to you and go, I don't know you. Hi. Okay, but I do that too. That's just being friendly and like I want to get to know people and I have the newbie fetish going on. So well, that's part of your newbie fetish. Yeah. Like, oh, I identify you. You're newbie. I need to know you. Y- yeah. Well, like if it's a person I don't recognize, they don't have to be like a newbie. I found this out recently. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are a newbie to kink. They're it's a, a newbie, newbie to, to me. Ah. And for me, it's a matter of you are just a friend I haven't met before. Oh, that's adorable. Thank you. No, I just kind of get off to it. I'm like, I don't know you. What are your fetishes? I collect friends. Yes, you do. I like friends and I cannot lie. I never had that didn't work as well. No, as that did not. As my, just I, I go back to my keep libbies, that in your libbies, head. libbies on the label, oh, label, geez. label. <laughs> Here we go. She's gone. No more coffee for you. You're cut off. Now you have too much caffeine. Is there such a thing? Now, let's talk about I labels. I mean, medically, yes. Let's talk about labels. That is a bad label. Too what? Over-caffeinated. Bad label. Have you met you? Yes. I think over-caffeinated is the perfect label for you. <laughs> but I can be over-caffeinated without having any caffeine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually true. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> See, now what? Gotcha. <laughs> There's the problem with the damn label. Over-caffeinated. You assume that's because somebody had a lot of caffeine. Nope. But then it wouldn't be over-caffeinated. I'm confused. All right. What? Back on track? Back to I, I think I kind of think we are on track because it's still a label. So like I could say I label myself as a judgmental bitch because that's a fetish that I have. Okay, but that's true. Yes, but I'm, that is a label I will agree with. Okay, but I am also really, really not judgmental at the same time. Okay, you can't explain that. I know it's me. that whole I identify as a Gemini even though I'm a Virgo thing, and I have this whole contrasting thought process all the time. So like. You do you, baby. You do you. I'm not going to fight you on that. But at the same time, in my head, I'm going to be like, I I can't even explain it. I want to be a judgmental bitch because it's kind of fun in my head. And I have a like I had I really do have a little thing about that. But I do it in kind of a fun enough way. But I'm not actually judging that. I'll judge you if you're an asshole. That's it. I'll judge you if you're a stupid asshole who like purposely wants to remain ignorant on things and doesn't put forth the effort. That is my biggest judgment. But most things, I'm like, no, you do you, boo. Yeah. Okay. So, like, there's only certain things I will judge, I guess. But I still like the label of judgmental bitch. Now, are you emotionally attached to that label of judgmental bitch? No. Wait, what? (laughs) No. Why would I be emotionally attached to a negative label? Well, this is my point, is that some people get very emotionally attached to a label. And they are unable to act in ways that challenge the expectations that come with that label. So for some people, for instance, labeling themselves as a submissive is so deeply ingrained in who they are and how they identify. They don't open themselves to the possibility that maybe they just have a little bit of switch in them. Okay. So actually, that's a good point because- I try to make good points. Sometimes. When we when we did that episode on accepting your kinks, there was yes. specifically that person who said they were sub and they've always been submissive and they found this one person that they wanted to be dominant to and they had a really rough time accepting that about themselves because they were so ingrained in the submissive mindset. So yeah, that's that's a thing. So no, I'm not emotionally attached to being a judgmental bitch. Okay. I am emotionally attached to being a little. Fair enough. But no one's asking you not to be. So it better not, because that ain't going to fly. See, for me, the label of masochist. I had a really hard time wrapping my head around that label because of all the feelings associated with it because of my understanding of what a masochist is. 
So a masochist is somebody who gets pleasure mm-hmm. from the pain. And in a lot of people's mind, they think that means you need to have pain in order to have the pleasure. So that would be the the difference between the kink and the fetish, I think. We've had this conversation too. A fetish is something you need in order to get off and you can get sexually off to it. You can orgasm from it. A kink is just something you like right. and you, you do and it's fun. And my masochism has nothing to do with my sex life. Right. I don't really want any pain in my sex life. Thank you. Then why are you having sex with Diesel? Because he's fucking The hot. man is a tank. I know. I know. I Okay. But he you is. complain all the time about, oh, God, I'm so sore. And like, I got Just pounded. My cervix. And- <laughs> <laughs> but there's your pain, you masochist. Yeah, but I could have fun without that. That's just in order to get this, the hotness. This I, I accept. She's this. she's making signals with her, her hands, hands like his ass. She is literally making. He does the, have a nice ass. I know he does. I will agree there. He's got <laughs> nice a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. You say I'm between him. See now, here's my idea of a perfect MFM: him and Chris Evans, and I could die happy. Okay. Anybody want to help with that? Let's let's anybody get this, know Chris Evans in real life? Let's just get this to Chris Evans and. Uh, yeah, Diesel told me I could have an MFM. With Chris Evans? Well, he didn't say who. But but it's on the table? Yeah, an MFM is... Well, we're we're Polly, and remember, he's a swinger, so yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying, so this this can be a thing. If we find if a Chris Evans If we can Evans get Chris lookalike. Evans, it will be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the role of uh, Podcast Dom right now. I, I would really like to know, because you said before about how these different labels can, can restrict us. Yes. How? How? Well... I'm happy to talk about that. Yes, I know you are. I just have to get my mind away from the MFM with... Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. It's with you. I tried, people. I tried. Okay, of course, come on. I did instigate that one. You did. You have me going down fantasy land. Do you know Fantasy Island is back on television? And wow. I sound up for that. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That was like, you're just, you're gone. <laughs> You're like Usain Bolt here with the whole going off on a thing and you just go. Over-caffeinated. Except not. Because you made me stop drinking caffeine. No, just take a sip. Right? Okay, just, you, you. you can take do, a caffeine. My God, I'm going to talk about how labels can limit your life while Ra-Ra is getting more caffeine that she doesn't need. Okay. So. <laughs> we're a mess today. It's, okay. I'm going to confess here. The reason here we're we a mess today is it's my fault. Because oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It is totally my fault. I done fucked up. <laughs> Rara, the quintessential organized person who labels everything and puts notes in her phone and then sends them to me and is like, what is that thing in the calendar? And then you send the invitee to the, ca- yeah. she does that to me. And I'm like, okay, so here's what happened. Let's explain this really quickly. Okay. We batch record these folks because Dara and I live like a four- good 45 minutes from each other. So we get together and we batch record multiple episodes. Also, I don't want to come over here every single week. I love you, but... You're oh, hurting my feelings. I'm sorry. C- tell the story. Okay. So we have interviews scheduled today. And I've been operating under the belief that we have an interview scheduled at 11 o'clock in the morning. So my ass rolls up at 10.45. And we hurry up and rush to get everything set up. And then I realized something. 10 minutes after the interview is supposed to start and we're waiting in the interview room. It is 11 o'clock. The other person's time. Rara forgot 11 about- o'clock our time. Rara forgot about time zones. I forgot about time zones. And it's just, we haven't recovered from that no. mess up. And I think Dara hasn't forgiven me yet. <laughs> I really, like, I called her stupid and like all kinds of- <laughs> And I, was I, like- I said, you're right. I can't argue with you. I was just, this we were just- dying. I, I really wish we had actually already started recording. Oh my God. I had the tears falling. She snorted a couple we times. We already, I mean, so it we was had already to drink. double drink. You we know? had to drink. So we're drunk now. And it's just, it's a mess. We're not drunk. Don't <laughs> tell people we're drunk when we do this. <laughs> what did you put in that coffee? I cannot tell you. <laughs> okay. Bailey's Ra-ra. is very good in coffee. <laughs> Kahlua is very good in coffee. Rum is very good in coffee. I have not put rum in coffee. I can't do I it anymore. I pretty much do stick to Bailey's and Kahlua. No, rum is actually really good in coffee. Oh, I'm going to try that. As is whiskey. Oh, I have that too. 
I have an entire liquor cabinet because I don't really okay. drink that much. So, so I just collect it and it sits up there. So do you you remember when I said that we should do an entire episode drunk? Oh, but we have to do it at night because day drinking is frowned a bad upon. Label. It's frowned upon. It usually is. Okay. So, so honestly, who's gonna know? <laughs> They can't tell uh, no, what, we probably they, will they be can't exactly tell the what same. Time Do you we'll realize that we spent like ten <laughs> minutes talking about absolutely nothing, and we haven't talked about labels? I'm gonna have to cut. So, so in other much words, crap. in other words, a traditional, typical podcast episode. Yeah. Okay. Accurate. All right. Well, I was explaining why we're a little hot mess this morning, but we're always a hot mess. Yeah, but this time we have a reason. We're an extra special hot mess. We have a reason. All right, back, back to the. Labels. Back to labels. See, I'm thinking back, back to the future. Back to the podcast. All right. Number one. There are a few ways labels can limit your life. <laughs> number one. You stop taking risks and learning new things. If you just define yourself as cautious or wary and you avoid all risks and new experiences, you're going to just default to the way you've always done things and you're not going to grow. So if you identify as a submissive, and you stick to that label and refuse to be flexible, you may miss out on an amazing opportunity to, let's say, take classes and learn how to top in fire cupping, which maybe you would have really loved and enjoyed. Right. Let's see. Number two, you stop reaching out or engaging with people who aren't like you. Yeah. If you give yourself a label and you get stuck in your head on that label, maybe you won't talk to other people and question them because they're different than you. And you're going to miss out on some amazingly awesome people. You're going to miss out on learning new things from them. Even as a submissive, if I talk to a dominant and ask questions and learn from them, maybe I'm going to miss out on learning way cool new things that I would want to put in my dynamic. Well, it's kind of like I am not a masochist, right? And it's it's the equivalent of telling me that I cannot talk to a sadist about sadism because I'm a masochist or I'm not a masochist. So why would I be interested? But I am interested. I'm interested in knowing. I'm interested in learning. Maybe I'm interested in being a sadist and learning how to do, um, how to hit people with a cane properly. Well, and you have friends who are masochists. So by learning from the sadist, maybe you understand your masochistic friends a little bit better. Why would I want to do that? I'm not a masochist. Because you love me and I am. A masochist, and you want to understand why I do no, no, the no crazy things I do. See, that's where the judgmental bitch comes in. I just get to call you nuts. Okay, <laughs> and I'm the a masochist. So by she the way, insults me. I like that. The whole yeah, the whole blood play thing. Never going to get that one. I accept that about you, and I accept that you like weird things. Aww, so much love in this room. I can't <laughs> take it. <laughs> this leads us into the third thing. You avoid interacting in social events. That's just sad. Like if you've labeled yourself as unworthy of love because like you're overweight, you're underweight, you're inadequate for some reason, you are completely unlovable, your hair is messed up, then you stop seeking love and you live life alone. Ooh, that that reminds me. So here's okay. a perfect example of this. The rope community, mm -hmm. right? You label yourself as let's say heavy. Mm. And you get it in your head that because you're heavy you can't do rope play. You can't do rope suspension. Rope suspension. Easy for me to say. Right. As usual. Yeah, I know. You avoid going to rope events. You avoid going to rope classes. You avoid hanging out with other rope lovers. You've missed out because the fact is the way you've labeled yourself is actually wrong. I mean, well, I should say that. It's not that your identifying labeling as heavy is wrong. It's your assumption that because you are heavy, you cannot do rope. And you will have missed out on maybe being able to do something that you absolutely will fall head over heels in love because you get so stuck on this label of being heavy. I actually would put myself in that category because I wouldn't, I didn't think that I would be able to do it. And then Simple Beauty did it. I'm just not a fan. That's But it has totally nothing different. to do with size, boob size, everything. It's just, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. But I tried it. I am proof you can have really big boobs and still do rope. Just saying. So another one is you stop thinking for yourself. No, that's never good. When you live by a label, you no longer evaluate or think about what is going on. You go by whatever the group you belong to dictates. So you're a dominant, right? You identify yourself as a dominant. 
You live by what other people have determined the label of dominant means. So you refuse to bottom for something. That's a big one that I've noticed. So I, I do a lot of, uh, I don't know if you could call it outreach with, with electro, but a lot of people have said, I don't think I can do that because I'm a dumb. I don't sub to people. And I went, so thank you. Exactly. You're not subbing. This has nothing to do with dom or sub. You can bottom. Exactly. That's the problem. People take the label dominant and decide, oh, if I'm a dominant, I can't do A, B, C, D, whatever. And that's crap. Yeah, it is. And I personally have an issue with that. One of the big reasons that I'm so aggressive about I am a dom leaning switch is because I'm like, I don't want to sub to anybody else, which in my head translated to I'm not going to bottom for anybody else. But that's inaccurate. Yes. How about this one? Ready? You label yourself dominant. You cannot give oral sex to your partner. That's bullshit. Because that's not dominant. That's bullshit. Oh, or you can't receive oral sex because it's a vulnerable position. Yeah, that's crap. All of it's crap. Why miss out on the beauty and joy of oral sex because you're labeled as a dominant? That's such, I can't even, like my head doesn't work with that. No, it's as a dominant, whatever you do can be from a dominant position. So you're giving oral sex to your partner, right? Mm -hmm. You're still dominant because you're controlling everything about it. Yep. You're the one who may stop just as they're about to have an orgasm because you're not going to let them have an orgasm. Or you keep going after they have an orgasm and make them keep having orgasms. Or what I do to my daddy, I make him tell me a story while I'm giving him oral sex. And then as soon as he gets so wrapped up in his head that he can't continue the story. You stop? I stop. You do have a little sadistic side, don't you? I do. (laughs) How about the fact that if you're dominant, you can't be on the bottom during sex? Mm, that one also bugs me because it's it has nothing to do with being dominant or submissive. It has to like the positions has to do with the pleasure, the physical pleasure that you get. Some like I prefer to be on top just because I get more physical pleasure from that than being on the bottom. That's because I like to control my pleasure and just the way we do it. I just prefer it. But I like other positions, too. It's just whenever we I, I don't know, missionary to me, I get nothing out of it. It has nothing to do with being a bottom, a top, a sub or whatever. It's just physically. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of the sex is supposed to feel good. Mm-hmm. So that's why you can't allow labels to stop you from thinking for yourself. Another thing with labels is you lose the spontaneity. So when you live life based upon your labels, you give up your freedom to trust and speak honestly. You censor everything because you fear stepping outside of the box that you've now used to describe yourself. So you describe yourself as submissive Mm -hmm. and you're afraid to take charge of something. I've heard where somebody will say, hey, I'm a submissive, but I'm in charge of the family's finances. And people go, oh, well, you can't possibly be a submissive if you're in charge of the finances. No, it just means you're good at finance. Right. And maybe your dom has ordered you to do it. So again, you're still being, even though you're in charge of something, you're still being submissive because you've been ordered to by your dominant. This is why people need to be flexible with the labels. Yeah. I feel like we should all be an octopus. Okay. I'm waiting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you know how long I was waiting to say that and watch your face do exactly that? I'm waiting. Okay. So I feel like we should all be an octopus because have you ever seen one of those try to escape their own prison and do something and the keepers are like, what the fuck? How'd they do that? No, but I saw an eel jump out of a fish tank once. Okay. Not what I was talking about, but that's (laughs) cool. That's cool. Octopus are no octopuses. Octopussies. Octopi. Octopi are known for getting out of their boxes, getting out of where they are put. They are confined in this spot. And then they're like, I'm not gonna. And they just get out of it and do whatever. And it's usually surprising. But I feel like we should all do that. You can you can stay in your box, but how much cooler would it be if you just explored a little bit and kind of got out of it and were like, okay. So like, for example, there was an octopus. He was in like a, like a tank. He got- As, as they live. He yes. unlocked it, but it was like in the infirmary part. Okay. So he got out of it by unscrewing the top of the tank, got out of his tank, went across the thing to the crustacean tank, ate a whole bunch of them, got back out of that, went back into his cage, and screwed himself back in. 
Damn. I shit you not. They actually, the, the aquarium had to post cameras in there to, to finally catch him. <laughs> he was doing it every single night and eating eating the crabs in another tank. Wow. So that's what so, I'm saying. In other words, be an octopus, folks. Be an octopus? <laughs> be an octopus. <laughs> because. No, I want to be an octopus because piss on all these damn labels and do whatever the fuck you want. Hashtag octopus. <laughs> Hashtag be an octopus. <laughs> I can't. I'm done. Are we done? Because no. I need to go cry over here because <laughs> it's just cr- Yeah. This, what the hell? How do we do this? We have aftercare salami and cucumber and yeah, octopus. You just never know what the fuck I'm going to say. Oh my God. All right. Let's examine your own labels. How's that? Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore. I've just lost complete, total control of this whole thing. Okay. So, anyway, the... <laughs> okay, I have to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's examine our own labels. Sure. We can do okay. that. Let's pose three questions to loosen the grip of self-perception. Like an octopus. Right? So, using the submissive label as an example, <laughs> ask yourself... Am I a submissive everywhere? Okay. So if I was actually asking myself this question, the answer would be no. Okay. Am I a submissive with everyone? Also no. Am I a submissive all the time? Triple no. Right? So in my head, I was actually using the word dominant. Okay. So do that. Are you a dominant everywhere? No. Are you dominant with everyone? No. Are you a dominant all of the time? No. Right? So even for the most dedicated, submissive, or dominant, the answer to these questions is going to be no. Because no one acts out a label, no matter what that label is, everywhere, with everyone, at all times. So you have multiple labels to choose from. And like we said before, they're a little swishy. Right. Yeah, because our identity is not nearly as fixed as we believe sometimes. Each of us represents a different sea of labels through which we shift fluidly on a daily, sometimes even hourly basis. And over-identification with any one label will restrain your possibilities, inhibit relationships, and get you stuck in a way that you may not be satisfied and you can't grow and learn and evolve. Right. If the labels you use are holding you back, there's some suggestions that can help you get out of the box that you put yourself into. One of them is no one word can define you as a person. You are a person, not the box that you put yourself into or somebody else put you into. Here's a big one. Give yourself permission to be imperfect. Yeah, Rara. I know that I'm practically perfect, which means I'm not perfect, perfect. Mary Mary Poppins complex over here. Practically perfect. But stop rethinking everything you do and say, which as you can see from listening to our podcast, we're very good at that. (laughs) Labels become reality. If you tell yourself you are not worthy of love, you will create that. So if you tell yourself, I will never find a partner who will live, help me live the kink lifestyle that I want to, you're right. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And then don't put yourself in a category and lock the box because things change and people change. When I started in this lifestyle, my evolution was I started as a baby girl, little, no submission. Right. And I remember that because that's when I met you. Yep. Then I became submissive. Then I became a princess. Then I became a dominant. And now I'm a switch. But I'm still a princess because, you know, once a princess, She's always a princess. She's always going to keep that label. It's like on her. It does. It is. I'm, I'm wearing pink and sparkles because, you know, I'm a princess. But this is the point. So let's use princess as a good example of a label. Because you do that all the time. (laughs) Most people, at least that I've run into and that I've spoken with, view princess from the submissive side of things. It falls under the... The baby girl category, the dad with 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 the caregiver. Yeah. So like the the caregiver will call the little one princess. Yeah. For me, princess is how I view myself at all times. And it is how I want to be treated. I want to be treated like a princess. And that's whether I'm the submissive or I'm the dominant. 
When I have a submissive, I want them to treat me like a princess. But when you have a dominant, they also treat you like a princess. Exactly. Is it is it two different ways of treating you like a princess, though? Or is it pretty much the same thing? Well, it's it's the difference is is in a when I am on the the S side of the slash, I want to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. When I am on the D side of the slash, it's less about being taken care of because I'm a very service. I'm a very service oriented dom, meaning I want to help my submissive grow and learn and to reach their potential. So it's less about them taking care of me. That's my dominant nature. Not mm-hmm. everybody. Some some dominant nature is my submissive takes care of me. I certainly am not going to turn down if my submissive helps me. Right. And and take wants to take care of me. But that's not my main goal. I get pleasure from helping you be the best you that you can be. And See, that's no. what I do. That's my dominant side. But I want to be treated like a princess because I want to be revered. I want to be treated like I'm royalty because I am. I'm a princess, right? Of course. It's, it's just, a, it's different. But to me, it all falls under how princesses get treated. And therefore, I use that label no matter what side of the slash that I'm on. Not everybody does. So you want to be historically sold into marriage for profit and, and making like connections and stuff for your for your relatives? How much profit are we talking? Well, not for you. Do I get to live in a castle with servants and lots of jewelry? Probably. Then okay. <laughs> okay, so the one thing I want to talk about, though, is my biggest label is, what do you think, Rara? It ain't Dom. Is it the little? No. The one thing that people the most know about me is the label of electrotop. Oh, yes. So that, if I say I identify as an electrotop and I stick with that label, that would pretty much say to everyone that I can't do anything else other than electro. It's inaccurate. I do lots of other things other than electro. I just choose to put the electro stuff at the forefront because that is my greatest pleasure. So does that, wait, does that, I like giving pleasure and I get pleasure out of the electro. Does that make me a pleasure electro top? Well, that's your topping side, which to me is different than your dominant side. But see, I can also dom with electro. It depends on who it is and what the scene is. True. I typically, though, see you doing it during parties and demos. Yes. And you're less about the dominant side because... You don't have that kind of dynamic with these people. But it's still a label. Electro top can still be yes. a label. Oh, yeah. Well, top is a label. Right. So what, what I'm saying is like it that cannot, I'm not going to keep only electro as the only topping that I do. That's good. So anyway, that was what I was trying to say was like, that's not my box. Oh, that's a good hashtag. That's not my box. I just build a bigger box. <laughs> your box has compartments. I have rooms. Your, your box, I have rooms. I was going to say your box, box has a closet to hold your shoes. Well, yes. The TARDIS. Is a TARDIS big enough? I was thinking. Oh, honey. Honey. A TARDIS is bigger on the inside. It's as big as you want it to be. See, I was thinking of Harry Potter and the tent. That's a TARDIS. That the Weasleys had. And you went inside and. That's. They, she literally got that idea from Doctor Who's TARDIS. I did not. Ex- All right. Here's a confession. I don't watch Doctor Who. Get out. But I live here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> okay. It's my anyway. House. Anyway. <laughs> what we're just saying is try not to box yourself into the label. We're not saying that labels are bad. No. They can be bad if you box yourself up into this label and don't think outside that box, if you're making too many assumptions about somebody because of that label, I mean, yes, are you going to make some assumptions? Absolutely. But don't hold those assumptions as written in stone because people who meet me for the first time and don't know me are going to make assumptions based upon what I look like, how I sound, and how I identify as a princess and make assumptions that 99% of the time are wrong. I always joke about the fact that people always say to me that I can't be scary. I can't be dominant. I am the most fucking dominant person you will ever meet. I just do it a little more subtly. So you have no clue that I pretty much just rolled into your world and made you my bitch. Wow. Okay. True. For the most part. Yeah. See? 
<laughs> All I'm saying is, guys, be an octopus. Octopus. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.